And now, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, it's Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. Matthew Collar was just regaling me on how much he likes the Twin Cities, having moved here from Buffalo in 2016. He and his wife are homeowners, solid Minnesotans. You going to the Super Bowl? Am I going? Yeah, uh, you get to cover it? I will not be at the game. Judd gets that pass. Oh, Judd, do we only get uh, ESPN 1500 gets one pass? Well, we got one. Wait till the, I get done talking to Ziggy. The, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, By the time I'm done with Ziggy, you'll not only have a pass to the game, but we'll all go to the party where Sting is going to play. <laughs> We're crashing the owner's party. We're going to crash the owner's party. Uh, but I'll be at uh, the you know the lead-up events, the press conferences. Radio Row and that whole yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Joe, what was the last one you covered? Oh, God. Uh, the, the my tenth and final one was uh, I don't know. It's getting to be a long time ago in the eighties. Wait, I thought you said you covered the one here. Oh, I did here. Yeah, I don't even count. Yeah, that, that would have been the last. That would be my eleventh then. All right. Uh, Washington and Buffalo. Yeah, it was not a great game for the Bills. Well, you're too young to even remember that, aren't you? No, I I do remember that. Yeah, yeah my first sports memory was Scott Norwood missing wide right. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. So then that was the next year, and everybody thought, oh well, they'll just come back and they'll beat Washington and it'll all be fine. And then they didn't. Then they is, got killed. Is Buffalo more of a football town than hockey town? Um, yeah, but the margin isn't as wide as it is here. Like mm-hmm. they're crazy about hockey. There was a scrimmage that the Sabers had in July, right? And they put eighteen thousand in the arena to really? watch wow. a scrimmage. Really? Yeah. yeah, they are insane about the Sabers in Buffalo, even though they're so bad. Is that where Taze returns to every summer? Am I thinking? Kane Patrick? Kane. I'm sorry, Kane yeah. Patrick and, Kane, and then gets. Accused of, of kind sexual of getting assault. In trouble yeah. once in a while. Yeah, yeah, and he, um, I think last summer he didn't come back to Buffalo, and mm-hmm. people of Buffalo were thrilled about that. Is that where he's from? Yeah, yeah, he grew up there. But he's, I suppose, he has a mansion on the lake or something. He does. Yes, really? I know where that is. Yes, oh, yeah? there's a there's a area of South Buffalo that's on the lake that is just mansion after mansion, and yeah. one of them is his. Okay. Uh, Rook, you had something that yeah, Matthew I've, might be able to solve. I've got a, a couple. Do people of different call things. you Matthew or Matt? Uh, whichever, but I usually go by Matthew. All Depends right. how mad you are. All right. What's your middle name? Uh, David. Matthew, David, you get it. That's what, probably what your mom did, right? Uh, usually Matthew was when she was upset. Matthew, uh. Matthew that's enough. <laughs> yes. How old are you, about 15? Uh, <laughs> 31. 31. Yeah. yeah. He does look young. It's becoming a young man's game. Well, these guys in their 30s, you know? <laughs> yeah. I You're just, even feeling I'm, old. I, exited, I feel old. I exited mine. Back in November, I you hit exited the big, what? I hit the I hit the big four zero in November. Really? Congratulations! Uh, so you're still in your thirties. I guess yeah. you're the young you're the young like one I'm here, man. Sixty. Yeah. Uh, this came across my desk, and this I don't even know if. But Matthew was not in town when this happened. No, he wasn't. This was this happened uh, in I believe 2010. It was amazing. Okay, I was alive then. It yes, was you were alive. You just were a lot younger. Uh, <laughs> Randy Moss made comments about Tanucci's a local catering oh, business. Okay, yep, I know the story. And he said, what is this? And he said it right to Gus Tanucci, and to his face. And Wasn't the line, I wouldn't feed it to my dogs? He wouldn't feed it to yeah. his dogs. And Brett Favre was right there. And Gus said if Favre would have had a football, he would have spiked Moss right in the head because he was so taken aback by what Randy said was so rude, but also the fact that it was a pretty darn good spread and they were working hard. But uh, 
Uh, How could this possibly have reappeared in the news? Well, somebody, uh, it was posted on ESPN or Yahoo, I'm not sure which here. This is called thepostgame.com. They have, somebody went and asked Tanucci's about this story in 2010 because Tanucci's, I'll just say, Tanucci's will see another spike in business during the week of Super Bowl 52 with the influx of people ascending on the Twin Cities. To ensure safety, police will heavily patrol the area and Tanucci's will help cater for the Minneapolis Police Department. They've booked 120 dinners for 10 nights in a row. So it was kind of a backstory on who's catering for uh, the police or who's catering for some of the workers and so forth. So it worked forth. out for Tanucci. Uh, it worked out for Tanucci's for the Super Bowl because they're getting a couple of gigs. Uh, it looks like the cops and probably some other things that, that I, I don't know. But And then that led the writer to go back and ask about this story because uh-huh. they probably saw that there was this story in 2010. And uh, it was just kind of funny that it has um, you know, surfaced again. But I didn't know this. Moss never apologized, but co-owner president... Uh, Mark Wilf did so over the telephone. That's my friend, Mark Wilf. Mark, Mark, our guy, Mark. Mark. Hey, we got a talking point. When we're at the owner's party, Mark, you know, it was a really great gesture when you called the Tanucci <laughs> family and said, uh, I'm sorry about Randy's Well, you behavior. know what I'm going to ask Ziggy about? What? Zig, do you ever get restless leg syndrome? Don't ask him about oh restless God. leg syndrome. <laughs> Don't ask him about that. Has, uh, has anybody ever turned around their... Just public persona more than Randy Moss has since he's no, retired. No, right? I mean, at that point, we would have said this is the biggest jerk in history. Yes, like he was a great player, but just go away. And now he's super loved. And that's the Randy we wish we would have had instead of the guy that yeah. runs over meter maids downtown Minneapolis. But there was always Randy was such a polarizing figure, even when he was here the first time before he was traded to Oakland. That there was always, and there still is always, those section of fans. That he could have done anything wrong, and they still loved him. I might have been one of them. I, I've told these guys before, uh, Matthew. Uh, I I always detected in him vulnerability, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there and that's rare to me to find that in professional athletes. Usually, they they can put on a game face where you can't see anything in there. I always sense that I always got a kick out of him. I think there's a real meaningful character in there somewhere. Have you seen the 30 for 30 on him? No. It's called Rand University. Any Mm -hmm. of you guys see it? I've heard it being raved about. I haven't seen it in entirety, just parts. It it goes through his entire childhood and Mm -hmm. what he went through growing up and kind of all the people that let him down and Mm -hmm. things like that and how he just doesn't trust people. Mm -hmm. And it really lets you in to exactly what you were picking up Mm -hmm. from him, that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. He's a very emotional guy, as we've seen. He talked about it a little bit when he was at a press conference that when they announced that they were going to put him in the, uh, what do they call it, the Ring of Honor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when they were going to put him in that, he showed a little bit of that vulnerability. And I think you were right, is more of a defense mechanism than anything else mm-hmm. for him because he really didn't trust people and had that chip on his shoulder because of the way he grew up. Hmm. Let's pick your brain. What's going to happen at quarterback next year? Man, that's a great question. I am leaning toward Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback next year. But there are a lot of options. I mean, the fact that Alex Smith is on the trade market Mm -hmm. and you might be able to get him for a second or third round pick, that's a pretty good option for a guy who's only got one year left on his contract. 
there's also the possibility that they could bring Case Keenum back. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know exactly how they feel about Case Keenum in the front office because Rick Spielman has never really talked about it. Talked about it at the bye week, but we didn't know where we stood. And since then, we haven't heard him talk about it. So we don't really have a feeling for if they would franchise tag him or bring him back. Uh, The Drew Brees thing is not going to happen, but... It would be great mm-hmm. if it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think those are your top options. It's probably one of those three because I don't see them spending $130 million on Kirk Cousins. Okay. Uh, all of us amateurs weighed in on that uh, trouncing in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your, uh, now you've had, you know, days to think about it. What, what have you come up with? Yeah, I spent a lot of yesterday going back through the entire coaches tape which is just a great resource because on TV and even at the game, it's hard to pick up on a lot of things where you can go back and rewatch it and rewatch it. I think the Eagles just had everything that it took to beat the Vikings, Mm -hmm. and being at home was a huge deal because what I noticed was Nick Foles resetting his protection all the time right before the snap. Mm -hmm. If they were in Minneapolis, he wouldn't be able to hear, and it'd be very difficult to do, and you could pressure him, but his protections were amazing. Their offensive line was amazing. There were times where the Vikings had great coverage, but then they gave him five seconds to throw the ball. And even a backup-level quarterback like him, if he's got that long to throw the ball, I mean, he's in the NFL for a reason. And then the defensive line destroyed the Vikings' offensive line. They they forced turnovers. They wouldn't let them run. I, they think it was just the perfect team and situation to beat the Vikings. What do you mean reset his protection? Like, I, I would not have noticed that. Yeah, right. Uh, so, like, just for example, there was... Um, I think it was on a key third down and 11 okay. where they threw it to the tight end over the middle of the field, got a first down, continued their drive and eventually scored a touchdown where if you slow it down on the game film, you could see Nick Foles pointing to where Harrison Smith is going to blitz from mm-hmm. and his running backs on his left. Smith is going to blitz from the right. The running back comes all the way across to pick up the blitz. So he probably pointed out something he had seen. All right, on this look, they're going to blitz from that side. And then he was telling everyone, this is how we're going to handle it. They have kind of words for that. So they were able to handle it perfectly. And then he sat in the pocket, stepped up into a huge gap, threw it to the wide open guy. If he doesn't do that, if he doesn't point out where the guy's blitzing from, then Harrison Smith probably comes free, and there's no way he gets that ball off. Are you embarrassed? Joe, uh, I told you, know you that much about football. Hey, I told you that on Monday. Uh-huh. I told, yeah, I did. I said exactly. He's reading the, you know, lucky thirteen, lucky thirteen. Mama loves it hot, and then you know he knows that they're going to pick up the uh, Harrison, right? Yeah, Omaha. see, I said, you know, Matthew just the biggest difference from when I was a sports writer to you is that guys like you specialize we didn't how much game film did you watch i was going to ask you how do you get personally get access to a coach's tape yeah the um the the nfl.com has it and if you pay for it you can watch it too so it's like i don't know 150 bucks for a year so then you can go back and on tuesday or wednesday they put it out for every single game you can watch game tape on anybody you want do you enjoy doing that yeah i really do it's because you see so much more. So you like, really enjoy the National Football League. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoy just football in general and watching how the two teams approach each other. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty clear that Mike Zimmer wanted to be aggressive and he wanted to blitz Nick Foles because he thought he would panic and throw the ball away. But since his protection was so good and his offensive line was so good, you could see them handling it beautifully. And you could tell, especially the way that Doug Peterson schemed up plays – 
for specific situations, how uh, he designed plays where it looked like they were going to run one way and they ran the opposite way and the Vikings were caught off guard. All of that strategic stuff, really, uh, Uh, I really like that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but why doesn't the NFL give someone like Matthew a press pass who enjoys it? It would only to enhance their cause. Why are they so stingy with the press pass? You're talking about uh, press assignments, and uh, that's a different topic. Yeah, the Super Bowl is is tough. I mean— we got one, so Judd has never covered a Super Bowl before, okay. and he's been doing it for a long time, so I thought he should clearly be the one that gets it. Got it. You know what I mean? But, I mean, for the whole season, I'm up there in the press box, yeah. so it's fine. All gotcha. right, just a moment. Right. We'll be back. I'm getting a doctorate degree in here, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> NFL 101? It's interesting to meet a 31-year-old kid with this much knowledge of football, and he loves it. Explain to me. I have a whole new take now on what happened Sunday. The cross Based buck. on talking to you. Uh, give us the stat you just gave me about sacks on the road versus at home and why. The Vikings were third in the NFL sacks at Listen home. Listen to this stuff. This okay, is going to turn everything yep. around on Sunday. Yeah. Third in the NFL at home in sacks. Correct. And 28th on the road. And mostly because the reason they get sacks is because pre-snap, they make a lot of changes and the teams aren't able to set their protections because they can't hear at here, home. At this right. place. Yes. yes. And they get is, on the road and they get beat by 26 points, uh, 31 points. Yeah, if you think about it, they, they gave up 26 at Pittsburgh. They gave up 31 to Carolina. They gave up 30 to Washington. And they gave up 38 to Philadelphia. I mean, the only team that they really clubbed... Uh, on the road was Green Bay because Brett Hundley was playing and not Aaron Rodgers. And and, wow. and a chief component of that would be that they the other team can change its its lineup right. to offset whatever the quarterback sees. Correct. Yes. So when you're at the line of scrimmage, the co- the quarterback is trying to indicate to either the running back or his offensive line where they're supposed to block on a particular play, they might not be able to hear the quarterback when they're at home because it's so loud. Even, no matter how loud you yell, that place is insane. I mean, the reporters who sit in the front row have to wear earplugs through the whole game. It's so loud. Well, did they? Did the crowd? Now nah, I got. I'd have to go back and look. Did the crowd die down its noise in Philadelphia when Foles had the ball? Yeah, that's what they do. Yep, these teams have their crowds pretty well trained, so they don't make any noise at all when Nick Foles is out there. But then when Case Keenum comes out there, they're insanely loud. What kind of guy is uh, Stefan Diggs? He is one of the smartest players that I've ever run into. Really? Yeah. I I like to go pick these guys' brains. And sometimes I think they appreciate a schematic football question because it's all often like, so you had 10 catches last week. Was that good? Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I like to pick his brain a lot. And we had him once on our Purple Podcast. And his level of intelligence, you totally understand why he and Adam Thielen went from undrafted, or the other one's a fifth-round pick, to being as successful as they are because they're so smart. They understand the game at such a high level where you could ask him about a particular play and he could tell you, oh, yeah, they had this kind of coverage on that play. Here's what I saw. Here's what Case knew I was going to do. And that's how we ended up beating him. The so-called miracle play against New Orleans was merely designed to put them in field goal range. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. And it was not a Hail Mary by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and it makes a lot of sense on that play. But what doesn't make sense to me is New Orleans' coverage. 
because they basically ended up having a two-on-two situation there, which is mind-boggling. How would you only have two guys over on two wide receivers in a situation where you can't let anyone get behind you? Mm -hmm. Like, why wouldn't you have another guy up over the top? And then, so on that play, the two guys, Jarius Wright and Stephon Diggs, they both go streaking down the sideline. And Kyle Rudolph goes short. He does like a little five-yard out. And for some reason, they covered Rudolph on the five-yard out. Mm -hmm. Like, you are just as fast as Kyle Rudolph. Mm -hmm. So he would need to catch it and then run 25 more yards and go out of bounds Mm -hmm. within a few seconds. Mm -hmm. Why would you cover him instead of having that guy way back over the top? You are so changing me. They showed up in Philadelphia, in other words. They just were, they were out-thought. Yeah. Right? They were out-thought. And outplayed by the big man. And outplayed. Yeah. The well, the, the thing about Philadelphia's offense is they have the number one center in the NFL. Jason Kelsey's one of the best players in the league. All right. And they have a top five right guard, and they have the number one right tackle. So three out of their five players are of the top five ilk in the entire league. And what they did was they took Linval Joseph out of the conversation by mostly beating him with double teams. So they just plowed him back. So even if Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin got around the edge, there was a big hole to step up into for Nick Foles. And when they hit that 53-yard touchdown, what happened was the edge rushers got around, but there was so much room in front of him, he stepped up. And when the receiver saw him step up, he just took off toward the end zone and then just launched it over the top. So there was actually, for four seconds, good coverage Mm -hmm. by Terrence Newman down the field. But they gave him five seconds to throw it, so he stepped up into that huge hole and let it go. Boy, when 1500 ESPN went out and looked for a guy, uh, they got the right guy in you. They really did. Well, I like football, Man, so it helps. It really must. We're going to be back in just a moment. So I'm checking on the... Oh, hi, by the way. Welcome back to Sports Talk 1500 ESPN. I'm checking on the uh, travel time on Westbound 694 because it's such a disaster between 35W and 100. I believe I reported 30 minutes during my report there. I rechecked it. It's now at 45 minutes. Traffic jams at uh, Highway 10. But listen to this. If you're on Westbound 694, right, Joe, are you with me? I'm following you. 35W to 100. Yep. That's 45 minutes. But if you go southbound 35W into downtown, yep. hop on Westbound 94, go back up to 694, Yep. that's 27 minutes. What's the problem? Uh, it's crashes and snow removal. Oh, okay. So just mm. be ready to sit there if you're on well, Westbound. Thank God we're getting around to that snow removal. Well, it's there's a lot of snow to remove. Uh, John, can you indulge me for a moment? Sure. I was talking to Matthew off here, and his wife, Sloan Martin, is a play-by-play uh, mm-hmm. gal, has done a lot of work, and I thought maybe it would help you young people. Mm-hmm. You've done minor league baseball play-by-play. Yep. Well, I, here's, uh, you know, I've been in the business a long time, and, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm I'm pretty good at it. And uh, and Pat Royce is also a long-seasoned veteran. And Professional. So, yeah. so why don't we show play for him how you really should do play-by-play. Here's the pitch. Boof glaring in. Wide. I'm sorry, inside. Not wide. Inside, ball. I think he called it a strike. He did? Didn't he? What's he late raising his hand for? It looked like a strike to me. He's one and one. And one. This is not as easy as you think it is when you listen to Gordo all summer. Long. You know, maybe you want to. We can get him a copy of that. Maybe yeah, they can yeah. listen to it. Right. It'd be helpful. He wasn't as smooth as the count rides along, which Herb Carneal yeah, did. But right Joe now. did. Uh, 
He had a count of two and three. Two, yeah, three. Count yeah. of two yeah. and three. Two and now three. Two and that usually three. doesn't work too well. <laughs> Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 26 degrees. Wild back at it tonight there in Pittsburgh to play the Penguins. A bit of a break then because the NHL, uh, NHL All-Star game is Sunday afternoon. In, in Tampa? Tampa, yes. Yep. And the a hockey hotbed of the country. <laughs> well, it Tampa, is based Florida. on their attendance. They are good, yeah. NFL will salute 15 recipients of the Medal of Honor, the U.S.'s most prestigious military decoration, when they take part in the coin toss before the Super Bowl on February 4th here in Minneapolis. World War II veteran Herschel Woodrow Woody Williams, who received the Medal of Honor during the Battle of Iwo Jima, will flip the coin surrounded by the group of recipients. Timberwolves lose to Portland last night, 123-114. Wolves will stay out on the West Coast tonight. A tough one against the Golden State Warriors. News notes from today. A driverless bus has arrived in Minneapolis. No. Members of the public can be among the first to take it for a spin around downtown. I don't want to. The Minnesota Department. Not around downtown, just Nicollet Mall, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not yeah. turning off the mall, is it? No, it just goes from 3rd to 4th Street on the mall. Is there, is there a big thing <laughs> that runs you, into wait, at the end and you, stops? Did you hear that? It goes from 3rd <laughs> to 4th Street oh, hell, on the I mall. I do that. Everybody hop on. Here we go. We're halfway there. <laughs> Why don't you let me bring in my right. tractor and a hay rack? <laughs> we'll have some fun. <laughs> the uh, Minnesota Department of Transportation is testing the bus with human riders. Up, that ain't okay? much of a test. In winter conditions. <laughs> the guest riders yesterday were blind, and they had a chance to experience a wheelchair-ready ramp that lowers itself down the to pick up riders. This? What? What did what you read? What, the, what are we doing here? Yesterday in the inaugural run, the guest riders were blind. Well, guest riders. Oh. So you they wouldn't scream if they saw, saw the thing going riders. off track? <laughs> According to the MnDOT. Oh, I'm blind. I can drive this bus. <laughs> Jumping the curb and mowing down. And not a peep from the passengers. <laughs> Look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> According to the MnDOT website. Those are some brave, sightless people. Right. They enjoyed the ride. Do you think they even told them it was a driverless bus? No, hell, what do they know? Yeah. <laughs> Free rides will be offered to the public from 3rd to 4th Street on the Nicollet Mall during the lead-up to the Super Bowl. Rides will run Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. The electric vehicle charges overnight. Is it just for blind people? No. Anybody, oh, anybody can ride it oh. at this point. You can walk down there, You're get off the bus. <laughs> what if there's a guy there trying to collect money? <laughs> it would take... It seems like it would, for real, logistically, it would take less time for that blind person to walk from third to fourth than to get on the bus, get off. Let's go here. Yeah. The vehicle charges overnight. It's electric. It can operate for 14 hours or less, depending on factors, including the cold. fantastic. The earth is feeling better already. Star Tribune reporting a man taped a photo of himself on an apparently stolen ID in order to steal a dog from the Humane Society in St. Paul. Hell, they'll give you the dog. What do you have to go through that for? The suspect walked out with Ace, a 10-month-old black and white pit bull mix, and never came back, according to St. Paul Police spokesperson Steve Linders. They accepted that taped-on photo? That's correct. The Humane Society does allow guests to take adoptable dogs on a walk if they leave an ID with employees and sign the dog out. When the suspect, who remains at large, didn't come back with Ace, in about an hour, employees grew suspicious and took a peek at the ID he left behind. The man had taped a photo of himself over the real ID, said lenders of the police department. The ID was left behind in a wallet that contained credit cards and other info that belonged to someone else. Police were called to the scene about 1.30. Uh, the dog and the man have not been found. Hmm. 
Federal investigators say the engineer at the controls of that Amtrak passenger train that derailed near DuPont knew the train needed to slow down before taking a curve over Interstate 5, but he missed the posted warning signs. NTSB released an investigation update today, more than a month after the December 18th derailment that left three people dead, dozens injured. The 55-year-old engineer, not named in the report, had taken seven to ten observational trips and operated three on the new point defense bypass before that crash happened. In interviews conducted with the NTSB during the week of January 15th, engineer said he knew the train needed to slow down before a 30-mile-an-hour curve, but he missed a milepost sign and advanced speed sign that would have alerted him to begin braking. Uh, you can eat romaine lettuce again, if you're worried about this. Ah, I was washing it thoroughly. We had oh, e- what was the problem? Well, there's an E. coli outbreak in 15 states about uh, two weeks ago or so. Poop on the lettuce, huh? Yeah, there's uh, there's <laughs> a problem. Uh, 15, no, 25 people had been infected. A literal translation, yes. Yeah. That's cutting to the chase, yeah, isn't it, Kenny? Yeah, back. it is. <laughs> 25 people infected, uh, nine people were hospitalized, and one person in California actually died from the outbreak. Oh, oh boy. I hope you feel good now, Kenny. <laughs> feel awful. Yeah. Uh, but since leafy greens have a short shelf life, the CDC says it's likely the ones that caused the outbreak are no longer available for sale anywhere. Scientists have identified a mummified body found in a Swiss church lo- uh, churchyard as the great, 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 great grandmother of British Foreign Secretary and author Boris Johnson. Hmm. The body of an apparently wealthy woman was found decades ago during renovations of the Barfurser Church in Basel. There was no gravestone. They didn't know who she was. Basil's Natural History Museum said that by matching DNA extracted from the mummy's toe with a living descendant, its experts led to an international team that identified her as Anna Katarina Bischoff, a member of a prominent Basil family who died in 1787 at the age of 68. Uh, likely, she was poisoned by mercury, which was then a common treatment for syphilis, which she may have acquired while tending. Yeah, tough life, huh? May have uh, acquired while tending to patients with the sexually transmitted disease. Sure she did. Boy, she's really attending to them, I guess. <laughs> you guys, what is wrong with you? Well, hey, have a little mercury. That'll clean it up. Well, you don't get it from <laughs> you don't get it from breathing on each other, do you? Well, you got to touch the mercury. Whoa! No, the mercury. The mercury would... was used to treat it. Right. So you were touching the mercury, but you don't get syphilis from a toilet seat. No, but is what you're I'm swabbing saying. the mercury on the deal, so you're oh. getting the mercury on your hands. The question isn't how she got the mercury poisoning. It's how she got the syphilis. From the mercury. Oh, my God. Well, I'm thinking something else. Is he right? Who's confused I, here, John, me I or think, him? I think you are. I, I am? I'm more with Joe on this okay. one, yeah. Wait, the way, no. the way I read it. No, no. no. She she uh, she got syphilis. She was reclaiming the mercury probably from a patient that was being treated with the mercury to use that mercury on the next... She, Sucker that Why came would you use the mercury? The BBC reported she was likely poisoned by the mercury. Yeah, there you are. Then a common treatment for syphilis. Yeah, so she had to handle oh, the mercury. I was thinking that she had syphilis. That, that no. she was administered. Oh, Wait a minute. Oh, God. Kenny, how many times did she tend to the mercury, if you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's Royce's old man call it in the back of the hearse? Canning apricots. Canning apricots. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed perfectly clear to me that she was handling yeah. mercury. Ah. Well, Do Joe, you... I'm, I'm loaded off my ass right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's making sense. Had a lot of free time today, did you, Kenny? <laughs> A vehicle vandalized. Matthew, you're, you're allowed to speak during this segment. <laughs> yeah. Are you breaking a... down plays? I, well, Are you looking at film? I was investigating syphilis. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. so was she, the fellas would say. Right? Well, yes. and, uh, we'll see what happens after the show. If he's breaking down tape, 
Yeah. You know, audio tape of, you know, I should have here. I should have called an audible here. Well, you've got a new <laughs> fan in me. I'm going to uh, follow you. So, uh, John, how many greats did oh, you throw in God. there? Are we going back five, six hundred years? We uh, we went back. Well, I said, Kenny, she died in 1787. Maybe you missed that part. Uh, I did. And I'm wondering when we stopped using mercury. 1956. Wow. No, that I'm late? kidding. I have no oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good but, guess, but we oh, went yeah. with mercury for a long yeah. time. We ran with mercury. Yeah. You're a good poker player, aren't you, Joe? Yeah. Tell. Yeah. No, he can't. No, I He's can't. bad at math. No. That's right. And a vehicle van. Why would I hit on 20? Yeah. What about blackjack? That's, that's you, not poker, Chris. I know, Do you I play know. a lot of blackjack, Such? I don't. Can't add. Because I've always wanted to have a calculator at the ready. I get so hammered, and you just can't. The dealer's Is so Black fast. Is Blackjack the game of 21? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do that. Oh, you know, well, okay. Gets above that, we're, you know. <laughs> You guys know what Rook's doing right now? I don't know. He's researching syphilis on well, his computer. Well, I'm looking to find out when they stopped treating it with mercury. Well, who Ooh, those are some bad pictures. <laughs> Why don't we, uh, let, just in time. Yeah? Just in time. This one's got a different color. I have a story about Grumpy Cat, who famously was a state fair guest on Garage Logic a few years back. We're on Grumpy Cat's Wikipedia page. Yes, we are, and Grumpy Cat has won a large sum... Well, you, you don't want to be a Grumpy I, I, Cat? I don't do it. Well, let's see how much money, though. You, inter you interviewed Grumpy Cat. I know, remember? and I was tricked into it by these morons. <laughs> yes, you yeah. were. Appearing at the fair. Yeah. yeah. He, he had, uh, or she, is it a he or she? I have no idea. I, I think I it's a look. she. I Grumpy it was Cat's not, a she. I didn't think it was very uh, uh, polite to look. We were all kind of stunned because we were all standing there, and she had an agent, and none of us did. So. No. Uh, Grumpy Cat. Why had to deal with a cat's agent? Yeah, you it did. doesn't get any lower than that. No, that's that a big time. Isn't the cat's agent just its dumb owner? No, this was actually an agent. Really, it was mm -hmm. an agent. You had a card and everything. The damn yeah. cat had an agent. Was the cat a diva and wouldn't come out on stage right. unless everything sunglasses, was just the whole so thing? <laughs> a California jury has given the cat more than seven hundred thousand no. dollars in a federal lawsuit over the use of her identity, according to documents obtained by the Washington Post. The owner. Tabitha Bundesen of Morristown, Arizona. We didn't deal with anybody named that, did we, Rook? No. Tabitha, no, somebody. No, Tabitha. Tabitha, where would that be on the crazy hot matrix? <laughs> uh, that's in the no-go zone. That's, that's in the no-go no zone. Big time. She won the lawsuit first filed three years ago against the Green Aid Beverage Company. She had signed on for the cat to endorse a grumpy cat, Grumpachino. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Grumpachino? <laughs> but the company subsequently used the cat's image to help sell a bunch of their other products. An eight-person jury found that was unauthorized use. They awarded her $700,000. Grumpy Cat has appeared oh. on NBC News' Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS Evening News, and Grumpy Cat appeared on the Garage Logic radio broadcast the day of the Minnesota State wow. Fair's live internet cat film festival. Can you get festival. that off there somehow? Oh, I could, but I'm not going to. No, I send him a cease and desist. Yeah. You want to be up there. Come on. Yeah. One of us might have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. This is a tough deal for all involved. Authorities say skeletal remains found inside the wall of a Houston house are the former homeowner who apparently fell through the attic and became trapped. <laughs> I can't find Grandpa. We'll just sell the house and we'll figure it out That's later. Pretty I'm much what happened. I'm in here, you fucking A spokeswoman for the. Well, I don't hear anything. Yeah. Well, the Harris County Institute of 
That's awful. Forensic, that is just terrible. The forensic scientist said this week there wasn't enough physical evidence <laughs> to determine the cause or manner of death for Mary Cerruti. How about the hole in the roof? Wouldn't that be a tip-off that there's a big cartoon-like blasted hole well, in the ceiling? She the fell through the, the home inspector. Ah, oh, it's just a little minor uh, hole. It's not really a big one. Must be a rat in the wall. Dead mouse or something in there. <laughs> the spokeswoman, Tricia Bentley, said it looked like Cerruti, who was 61 at the time she disappeared, accidentally fell from her attic. Neighbors to where? Into inside a, the in, wall. Inside the wall. Into a dead space. Uh, you know, just an oh, empty for space. God's sake. Neighbors reported Cerruti missing. Dead space. <laughs> Good one, Kenny. Whoopsie. Neighbors reported Cerruti missing in February 2015. Her home in the Heights neighborhood was later sold at a foreclosure auction. Oh my God. The new, God help me. So they were in there. Honest oh, I don't, know, I don't like this spot. The new owners <laughs> discovered the remains in a wall space after noticing a broken floorboard in the attic in March of 2017. Uh, preliminary autopsy results last summer indicated the remains were Saruti. Uh, the skeleton was found with a pair of her glasses and a pair of her shoes. How about when the family cleaned everything out? Uh, what about this Halloween skeleton up here in the attic? Oh, just leave it. It's fine. But how would there not have been a noticeable odor? Well, there she may have she been lived, in there for how she, long? Who knows? She lived alone, right? She lived alone. She could. But when they were going to look for after she was dead, well, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how long is it? I don't know how long a body decomposes. I don't really no. want to know. Yeah. I want John to go to the next story. Okay. Any mercury involved? Did you, <laughs> did you guys know in 2000, Saddam Hussein published a romantic novel? I did not know that. Huh. 160 pages. Uh, unsurprisingly, Hussein's novel, Zabiba and the King, did not make it on any bestsellers list, though it was scrutinized by the CIA. Uh, it has a lot of allegories in it. The plot, apparently set thousands of years ago, features a love story between an Iraqi king and a lowly villager called Zabiba, who represents the people in the poorly veiled metaphor. I see. The character's relationship develops as they discuss religion, nationalism, and other topics. Uh, and there is uh, one uh, bit of spice in it. The novel contains a, a scene during which a character describes in great detail a sex scene <laughs> between a shepherd and uh -oh. a... And and a, a, and uh oh, a, uh oh, and one of the flock. Uh -oh. What's he gonna say? Dun dun dun. My eyes met with the good-looking shepherd. Well, I'll we locked eyes forever. Rook, very good, Rook, because uh, it's uh, symbolically. He didn't meet Borat. Well, hey. it's, it's a it's a bear, which symbolically is supposed to represent Iraq and Russia. The shepherd and the bear. You are not here for the camping, are you? <laughs> <laughs> No I don't bear. really have a, I, my Arab accent. No bear meat at the glory hall. No. The novel is for sale on Amazon, where it's received mixed reviews. Oh, I can't imagine. One saying, this book was absolutely horrible. The other saying, buy it as a historical curiosity. No, I don't think so. Zab we'll have him on as a guest, though, for Author's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Zabiba and the, the King. Boy touched me in a place I was unfamiliar no. with. No. <laughs> Welcome to Author's Corner. That sheep got a name? Only at midnight. That's what I thought. <laughs> Didn't uh, Kim Jong-il have movies made for him? I, I read once that he... He's probably a star in them. Well, I would assume so. He yes. kidnapped actual filmmakers and made them make yeah. movies for him. That oh, probably is true. With no. sheep? No, no. Well, I, don't, sheep. I don't think there was sheep. weird animal sex involved. No. no. I can't confirm that for no, sure. Of course not. Well, why would you call it weird? 
In, uh, in California, you'll probably see this online if you haven't already. Hopefully, you'll see the edited version. A physical education teacher at, at Carthay Center Elementary School outraged parents and upset students when he stripped naked and proceeded to chase nearby second graders and fifth graders during recess. Even uh, the swimsuit uh, bottom? Yeah, the gone? whole thing. Everything was gone. Oh, was he a band teacher? Because they go nuts. Yeah, he, he was a phi ed teacher. Uh, same he, thing. Uh, why were they... Just go ahead. Never one, mind. One parent told a local TV station he was supposed to be helping them learn P.E., run around and have fun. But he undressed and started chasing the kids while he was naked. The kids were ducking and dodging. They ran into some of the classrooms and looked for safe haven that way. A video taken by a, low, a nearby construction worker passing the scene captured sure. the teacher putting his pants back on in the middle I'm of the I'm just trying program. to capture some of the action here, <laughs> the naked guy. Parents were notified of the incident via robocall, as well as a letter that was sent home with students. The letter read, an individual began behaving in an unusual way, prompting us to contact law enforcement. As a safety precaution, our school went on a brief lockdown while officers responded and took the individual into custody. One parent said all of the kids saw his private parts. Very embarrassing. Very upset. The man had been contracted Was as he an employee. Was he on paid administrative leave? <laughs> yeah, well, he's actually undergoing mental health and they're uh, uh, continuing to a mental health evaluation and investigating the case against him. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. Matthew Collar, who covers football for 1500 ESPN, read him online, uh, is filling in for Patrick on the ride today, and you have uh, what coming up? Uh, the XFL is going to make a comeback, and I am fascinated by this. And really? I, it really is. Vince McMahon, WWE guy, announced today that the XFL in 2020 is coming back, and I want to know if people are actually excited about this. Now, the XFL, they played outdoors. Correct. It's arena football that I'm confusing you with. Yes, and arena football has pretty much deteriorated and fallen apart. Why did the XFL die off in the first place? Because Vince McMahon overhyped it to be this new, crazy, out-of-control league, and then the football was bad when they started. So they had an incredible... Uh, viewership the first time they played, yeah. and then everyone saw it and went, "Oh, this is just bad football." So they had a guy named in that league named He Hate Me. They did, yes. Rod Smart was Rod, the guy's Rod name. Smart. Yes, wasn't Jesse involved in it somehow? Yeah, uh, oh Jesse yeah, Jesse. Was, uh, he would yeah, do early on in the XFL, I believe, like sideline reporting or something. something. Yes. I think it was. He never saw a dollar he could pass by. <laughs> I think he was governor yeah. at the time. It was a complete disaster, and now uh, he's, he's going to bring it back. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. is 26. The ride is next.